0: There is no off button on the Insert Credit podcast recording machine. Hello, and welcome back to Insert Credit, the only show on the internet in which we weekly deliver the loudest news, reviews, tips, and tricks fresh-dripped hot from the bottom of video games themselves. In each of our ten wild segments, we have six minutes to puncture your eardrums with the sick truth. If we can't reach a conclusive consensus within the time limit, listeners and participants alike suffer the buzzer. And now, your host, Alex Jaffy, Jaffe, Jaffe. Jaffe, Jaffe.
1: Catch some bees and chop some trees. This is Insert Credit, the only show where a panel of scare quote experts uh, can reach a consensus on anything I ask them in six minutes. Otherwise, they suffer horrible consequences. Usually those questions are about video games, but no guarantees. I'm Alex Jaffe, and the longest train ride I've ever taken was 30 hours long.
2: Wow. That's a long train ride. That's a big one.
1: Yeah, um, and now the idea is that you say your name and the longest train ride you've taken.
3: No, I get it. I was just processing your, your 30 minutes there. Uh, I mean, 30 yeah. hours. 30 yeah. minutes. Uh, I'm Brandon Sheffield, and the longest train ride I have ever taken is probably
2: 14 hours. Not uh, bad. I'm Frank Cifaldi, and the longest train ride I've ever taken is, I don't know, how long does it take to get around Disneyland?
3: Like 35 minutes, something like that.
2: Oh, okay. Yeah, that's, the longest that's one, one ever... small world. Uh, the longest one I ever took was probably about two hours.
0: Uh, I'm I'm Tim Rogers, and uh, the longest train ride I've ever been on was maybe about twelve hours. However, I did it about 140 150 times. So, so you've logged more train hours overall. Maybe
3: I mean, probably, but if if we're getting into uh, total duration,
2: that might be that might be a whole different thing yeah i mean I've, I've been to disneyland quite a few times since my childhood so good old uh, Disneyland. I,
1: I doubt you've taken the train at disneyland like how many times would it take you get all I, you want
0: man
2: thousands yeah. man have you, have you taken it
0: 60 times frank's been to disneyland at least a thousand times okay. exactly wow
1: that's He's,
3: impressive
0: you know, there's people who have been to Disneyland about a thousand times. Have you ever thought yeah, about that?
3: I have. I've thought about it. it. It disturbs me in a certain yeah, way. Yeah, people who work there. Oh, yeah, because, those well, that's people. true.
2: No, they there's love- people who definitely don't work there who uh, like to think they work there. Oh, yeah. They pay to work there. I, I met knew some, some people of
0: those. in uh, in Chiba, in, in the area of Udayasu, of Chiba. Shout out to uh, uh, Udayasu. Heck of a neighborhood. I knew some people who lived in Udayasu who went to Disneyland. Twice a week, three or four times a week, because it was so close. Tokyo Disneyland it was less than one train stop away. You could walk there, and they had the year the yearly pass where they could get in anytime they wanted. They just go eat dinner there,
1: lunch just there, go
3: hang out.
0: Yeah, it's completely ridiculous. I Rich. heard there's a minecart
1: ride there that isn't in the American parks. You just can't escape minecart levels.
3: There's a lot that carts. isn't in the American parks. There, they have like a, a lot of. Not off-brand, but, like, lower-tier Disney characters, because when they were building it, they didn't, you know, pay for all the big ones. So Give me an example
1: of a lower-tier Disney character.
3: I can't remember what his name is. He's, th- he's this bear thing. Tim, do you know what I'm talking about? There's this, there's this teddy bear-looking thing that just looks like a regular teddy bear, but he's Bibi everywhere. Gribbles? What's his name? I don't, I don't know who that is, man. I don't remember what his name is. Tokyo Disney
2: Sea Teddy Bear. I'm no Disney master. Are Not you talking dying. about the
1: gummy bears?
2: No.
0: Oh,
1: those God Those don't look bears.
2: anything like teddy bears.
0: The gummy bears, the gummy bears suck. The Disney gummy bears cartoons. You ever watch that Jeremy? Duffy? Duffy. I've it's seen his it. Name.
3: Yeah. His name is Duffy. Duffy Bear. It. Duffy. Uh yeah, Duffy is the Duffy the Disney bear.
2: He did uh, you know wow. that uh
0: Did you know that Steamboat Willie is available in 4K on Disney Plus? No, nope. I watched it. We watched it over here the other week. And it's just like, all right, this is the beginning of cartoons with voices in it. Sure, man, it's
3: nonsense.
2: It is. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of animal cruelty in yeah. uh,
3: Steamboat Willie. A lot it's, of just—it's like, way more itchy and scratchy. That kind of a thing. A lot of beating
0: on animals and uh, stretching them to see
2: what kind of noise they make. And
0: yeah, it's not good. It's anatomically surreal, I would say.
2: We
1: are well past time to get into our actual meat of the show. So here's question number one, as submitted by Tim Rogers, the winner of last week's episode.
0: Yeah, I almost forgot I did this. Question one. Define
1: the foundational principles of the platonic ideal
0: minigame. Okay, so the reason I came up with this question, Alex Jaffe asked me if I wanted to have a question, and I came up with one off the top of my head, and this was the question. Because I had just been editing footage of, I'd been sifting through like 96 hours of footage that I have of the Final Fantasy VII Remake. And I was wondering about minigames because the minigames in the Final Fantasy VII Remake are either really dumb or they're uh, extremely technical and 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 also very just kind of slapped together. And there's this one minigame called Wackabox, which is really stupid. It's like a game some kids have invented in some junkyard that they live in. I where played they just, this one. You played this one? Yeah, okay. Yep. So, did you, I don't know if you got as far as chapter 14 of the game where you were able to uh, do the, the whack-a-box hard mode challenge. I have which not is, yet
3: been able to get to that, no.
0: Okay, so it uh, it like requires you to completely master one particular element of the battle system, which is building the ATB and using your charges like immediately as they come up. Mm. And I'm like, somebody must have uh, was the purpose of this mini game to teach you this mechanic or did the designers just expect me to know the mechanic and also is is it a mini game's job to drill me on the game isn't a mini game supposed to be like a, a an escape and instead i'm hitting these big ugly looking boxes that are like ugly looking on purpose um and i think the better mini games just the dumb pull ups
3: with the the triumphant music did you do the pull ups no, I agree, I agree in general. I haven't gotten to the pull-ups yet. I'm still on chapter, like, five or six. But Oh, you haven't even done seven? the squats,
0: then? No, haven't I haven't done, done squats yeah, yet. You haven't even done the squats. Man, well... I did squats in, in for, the original. But, you're uh, in for
3: a treat. The squats yeah. in the new one are pretty good. Looking forward to it. But I, I do have stuff to say about this, because, like, I have noticed that there are a lot of minigames these days that are, you know, understandably we have these mechanics already let's yeah. do something with that and uh you know it's a, it's an easier way to make one of those things happen but it isn't it isn't that fun it winds up feeling kind of like an obligation because it's it's just like here's more of the stuff you were already doing but now it's harder instead of more fun and uh you know i the the a box is actually pretty fun on the easier mode, I would say, because, because in a way that's like something you were already doing for fun, just like walking around and smacking stuff, just messing with physics. Like in a, in, in the Yakuza games, um, I love just running down signs and knocking people over and stuff, uh, as stupid as that is. But if they turned that into a mini game where I had to do that stuff, my enjoyment level would, would go way down. I like it being my own personal, mini games. So I, I would say the platonic ideal of a minigame is something that um, somehow subverts the original premise of the game. Either, you know, has a character do something that's sillier than they would normally do or more serious than they would normally do. Or is like a totally different mechanic. For example, those uh, that Zoom game company that made unpopular games like Zero Divide but also popular games like Phalanx in their unpopular games or less popular games, I should say, they would often put a Phalanx or other shooting minigame. And it's like, okay, we got, for example, Zero Divide is a robot fighting game with uh, decent mechanics and very good music. And uh, then they slide in this completely different minigame that is just here's here's whatever small shooting game we could fit into this but it's it's somewhat tangentially related it's not the very best example it would be better if it were actually like those robots doing the shooting but i like that kind of thing where it's like let's let's do something else let's add a little bit in here
2: i think i might disagree i think a platonic ideal minigame is one that uses the established mechanics of the game but uh Mm -hmm. does a game that you wouldn't do normally within a a level or whatever. I think the platonic ideal would be something like uh, in Super Mario World, right? Where you're sort of jumping up these levels where there's three question blocks each and you have to guess which one has the candy in it. Um, You know, that is basically a Mario level, but you're doing a game that's not a Mario level. And to me, that's more of a platonic ideal. Um, I would even say that like, you know, Pointing at Mario as a, as an example of the antithesis, I I don't think like the uh, the puzzle the the mini games in Mario three are Platonic ideals at all. I think they just kind of take away from the Mario ness of it. Uh, you know, uncover like doing uh, card matching uh, things and and like the the sliding matching things. Also, I I just don't feel like that works so well. So I think in your example, like a, a good Yakuza mini game would be like, um, throwing motorcycles at targets or whatever, as opposed to like the, the baseball minigame that's in there.
3: Well, I mean, they do, so they do have like in, in Yakuza zero, there's the beast mode training, which is essentially that you have to smash the right amount of things the right way. But it's a, they do it like, I guess it would have to be better done because they do it in a very frustrating way. Um, not to bring this back to Bonk versus Mario, but. I, I to agree with you, Frank. I think that in Bonk's Revenge, uh, they do a great job of basically taking the things that the the few actions that you can do in Bonk, which are like jumping and spinning and bonking, and
1: turning and those into mini. That's all the time we have.
3: That teach you more. Oh, Dang it! No. Dang it! Uh,
1: personally, uh, I think the ideal mini game would be if you could unlock her in Mickey's Castle of Illusion. Uh, question uh, number two. Excellent. If Nintendo, Sony, and Microsoft made cars instead of consoles, what oh, would they yeah.
3: be like? Oh, Stupid. yeah. <laughs> um, so all, should, yeah. should we go per console, possibly? Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. They'd be real bad. Let's just leave it at that. <laughs> I mean, so I, I think that Sony would make one where... Uh, wait, no, I'm going to start with Nintendo. Nintendo would make one where, um, in order to start the car, you had to, uh, like, how should I say this? You'd, you'd have to update the firmware, but you'd have to like completely exit the car first and make sure you're not looking at the car, maybe hide it in a garage and make sure no one else is looking at the car and then you can update it and then you can get inside of it and then hit a bunch of yes buttons on it and then you could start the car again. Wait, are you uh, that, saying that about Nintendo? Yeah. yeah.
2: Oh, okay. I <laughs> mean how is that different than the other cars? <laughs> I mean I mean Sony. Yeah.
3: Well, uh Sony I think Sony would be a little bit different in their upgrade technique because they would tell you that the car was ready to go and then you would turn the key and then you would have to wait an additional hour while it actually installed the update. Right. That it uh
2: Yeah, Sony, you would get in the car and you and you turn the ignition and then it wouldn't drive for about a half hour. Yeah, that's right. Um, I think Nintendo's car would be made of the cheapest material possible. I think that's just how they roll when it comes to hardware. The Labo-Mobile.
3: Oh, yeah, I think it would be, like, constantly turning left, uh, like my analog
2: stick. (laughs) Well, no, it would function, uh, you would just die if anyone hit you.
3: (laughs) (laughs) I do, but, you know, I kind of want to emphasize the constantly turning left thing, because I've been trying to play Doom 64, and, uh... Having your analog stick is pretty vital in an F, in an FPS, I think. And um, the fact that my analog stick does not work um, and is constantly turning left sometimes, um, I feel like that would get into the car. Oh, as well. so you're
2: saying the cars would uh, instead of uh, Joy-Con drifting, they'd be Tokyo drifting?
3: That's right, they'd be Tokyo <laughs> drifting. Um, oh, and for Microsoft, they would. Um, occasionally completely brick the car and they would never be functional again. You'd have to send the car back to Microsoft in order to get a new car, uh, but you would have to pay for a new one. That's a red ring of death joke from. Yeah, from I, I got it back. Mm-hmm. And I, okay, just That's making good. sure, yeah. but we should talk about what they look like. I think that um, Microsoft's would um, look very f- functional kind of. Um, yeah. <laughs> it would, it would be like a, like one of those eighties K cars. It'd be like, all right, well that's an automobile. I can I can look at that and I think that's that's an American car right there.
0: Ford F one fifty truck.
3: Yeah, right. And then Sony, what uh their car would be um like each year they would come out with a drastically different looking model, but it would always have a bunch of like lines and stripes in it. Sony's nice car sprills. would be a
0: would be a black Toyota Prius with tinted windows. Uh, sh- fo- stretched in Photoshop to be the exact dimensions of a Cadillac Escalade,
3: right? With with some like hints on the side to make you know that the to let you know that the engineers were thinking about a stealth fighter jet when they made it. They didn't know how to make one, but they were
2: thinking about it. Mm-hmm. I think Nintendo's steering wheel would also allow you to tilt it up and down while you drive. Oh yeah, probably. They would sure. just find some some way that something that feels good that the other cars don't do, even if it's useless. Um, so it would maybe like accelerate a little bit if you like uh push up on the, uh on the steering wheel. I mean, you're still accelerating with the gas pedal, but you can get just get a little bit of a boost if you sort of yeah. lift the steering wheel up.
1: Yeah. I bet it feels really good just to put your key in the ignition. There's some nice feedback there.
2: Yeah, probably.
3: And I think that it would, it would look more like a, a Volkswagen Beetle not the extra cute old ones but like the newer ones yeah, that I mean, are more
2: streamlined I was thinking that too yeah like and a uh, probably
3: one. a lot of good colors but all of those good colors immediately sold out and nobody was ever
2: able to buy them somehow yeah I can't get that Zelda car anywhere no you can't that get that Zelda translucent
1: car. purple car
2: yeah good luck finding the Pikmin car because it's gone I think the Nintendo car would have a key eject button
3: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it just rockets the key into space <laughs> yeah <laughs> Oh, and if you if you lick your car key, it tastes terrible. Yeah. Oh, of course. Yeah, they keep you from swallowing your keys or any
2: surface on the car. It's just coated in it.
3: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, The Microsoft Ah. car is backward compatible with um with older Microsoft cars. Diesel. Yeah, diesel. (laughs) Um, biofuel. Yeah.
1: You can play cassettes in the uh, tape deck.
3: Yep. Yeah, I mean that's one of my favorite places to play cassettes. To be to be honest. (laughs) Sure.
1: Of course. Um, I don't know. Have we reached consensus, consensus on this one?
3: Yeah, I think so. I think we done did it. Okay.
1: Uh, let's go onward to question number three. What are your favorite ways that games have covered up for clearly running out of time or money in development?
3: Oh, that's a good one. I got to percolate on that for a minute there. Hmm. I mean, uh, I can. my least favorite way is just let's have more battles. Uh, In fewer steps, like Dragon Quest style. Um, I mean, early Dragon Quest style.
2: A good one is a good one is uh, Shenmue making a whole other game. What What do you mean? As opposed to like trying to put a story in one game, they're just deciding to ship a second one. They split
3: it out into three.
2: Well, into like what twenty? How many chapters are there?
3: (laughs) I don't know. I I mean, I wonder how many we'll actually get to. Are there supposed to be twenty?
2: I don't remember exactly, I feel like Tim might have, uh, but the, 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 there was a story plan that was something like 20 chapters, and it's like, the first game's maybe the first chapter, the second one's like two through four, or something.
3: Oh yeah, right, right. Yeah. Yeah, breaking it up like that, I guess that's uh, episodic content in a way, before we were kind of calling calling it that.
2: I do feel like it was for production reasons that a lot of that got chopped up, but it could be wrong. I yeah, guess
0: you Suzuki originally said that there's there's going to be like he said four or five games in the series. So, right. uh, though I mean, who knows what, what where that number is now? How many games was Shenmue one? How many games was Shenmue three? Like, I don't know. I think I feel like each one of those games is like Shenmue one is maybe like half a game, and Shenmue two is maybe like two thirds of a game. Yeah. Right, like I don't know how when they're ever going to get to five or four.
2: Yeah, they're on like chapter two point four or something at this point, maybe. Yeah, I think like one or two things have happened in the story. (laughs) (laughs) So
3: I don't know if this counts exactly because it's it feels more like it was planned than actually a budgetary thing, Um, but it might have been. I like how the Yakuza games all take place in the same space basically they can they add new rooms and stuff but the main city is is essentially the same and
1: Yeah, I love asset reuse. It's kind of the best.
3: I think asset reuse is fantastic. There is there's this um indie game that I unfortunately cannot remember the name of, but um someone made a a uh, shooting run and gun type game and it it did okay. Um and but it did kind of not that amazingly enough that they thought I I have this other idea. I'm going to reuse all of the you know enemy graphics and all of the player character graphics to make like a tower defense kind of thing. And they did, and it sold way better than the first thing and it pretty much reused all the graphics, but it was a totally new play experience. I feel like that kind of stuff is great like why not do that?
1: I mean, my personal favorite example of this was in the original Mirror when they had a whole section of the game they just couldn't make so they turned it into this super moody ambient text adventure that's just right in the middle of this uh, action rpg oh, and that's pretty good. it's it turned out being like one of the most memorable sections of the game
3: yeah i like that kind of stuff um i i feel like there are a lot of situations especially in japanese games of i don't know the the first few generations of Japanese video games where they would uh, run up against a situation and cut a bunch of stuff. And that cutting would wind up looking like stylization. Like um, for example, the in arcade games, they wouldn't have the time to do full animated intros. And so they would wind up like sliding graphics across and putting swoopy little sparkles behind them and stuff and it winds up looking stylish in its own way and being something that people want to mimic now even though clearly it was done just because you know they would have loved to do an anime opening but they didn't have the money or the time or the whatever budget
2: sure i'm guessing there's quite a few games um especially in like the ps2 era is what i'm thinking that uh maybe level environments were not used in levels and were used in cutscenes instead. Because they ran out of time to make that level. I don't yeah, have any probably. examples, but I, I, I can imagine that happening. Mm-hmm. Um, I can also think of some features that are just in games for no reason because they were maybe part of an older game. The one that comes immediately to mind is uh, in Deadly Premonition, how you can get into dumpsters for absolutely no reason. Oh, yeah. Because at some point it was more about hiding from monsters instead yeah. of fighting them.
3: Yeah. Just leave
2: it in there. Why not? Yeah, just it- go in the dumpster.
3: Yeah, there's definitely some of that kind of stuff. I like I see Um, I see indie devs these days posting their their errors, like things where it's like, oops, too many objects on screen. This funny thing happened. And then, you know, you look at that and you're like, oh, that looks like such a so much more fun than what you're actually doing. <laughs> <laughs> and I wonder sometimes if um, if if things come from that, they've, they've got to. Yeah, for we, sure. I guess we had something like that in Gunsport recently where something was generating too many particles and we were like, well, that looks a lot better. So let's just do that.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I'm sure that's a big part of any game development cycle, just stupid stuff happening and then incorporating it into there. Uh, Let's go on to our next question. Shall we? Let's do it. Okay. Question number four, which of Sonic the hedgehog's friends owes him the most money?
2: Oh, heck. Mm. Uh, I just uh, played Shadow the Hedgehog for the first time um, about three days ago. Uh, And um, that Charmy B just strikes me as someone who gets away with it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So, I mean, I don't know. This is my first exposure to Charmy B. I don't know anything about him, to be honest. But uh, he strikes me as someone who borrows money uh, and then forgets that he borrows the money and you can't quite tell if it's like he's doing it on purpose or if he's just that that absent minded. Uh right. it's, and and it's like you you kinda don't wanna ask, you know what I mean? It's like it's kinda awkward. It's like, well it's just five bucks. You know, maybe he really needed it, maybe he actually forgot and I don't I don't wanna I don't wanna cause a scene or anything in front of our friends. So I, I can see Charmy B being that guy.
3: Yeah, I, I could see it being Charmy Charmy in that Sonic Forces game is one of the few friends that's uh, still alive within the fiction uh, when the game starts, and um, and even in that context, in which there are only like five Sonic friends left alive, he gets mercilessly roasted by I, I don't know who it was, Silver or somebody who who is like, you're useless, and we still keep you around. So I, I think uh, I think I buy it. Dang. I
0: think you're thinking about money in terms of money that's been loaned and not repaid and not thinking about money that hasn't been loaned. I'm talking about money of the soul. Oh, no. Okay. Well, who owes that? And I think the whole, you just track it back in time and you look at the whole spiritual, philosophical core of Sonic the Hedgehog. You know what it is? You know what Sonic the Hedgehog is?
1: What is Sonic the Hedgehog?
0: Spiritually, the man is a forgiver. Have you ever noticed this? Yes. Knuckles, his sworn villain in Sonic the Hedgehog 3, eventually is forgiven and welcomed into the club. Shadow the Hedgehog welcomed into the club. Knuckles owes Sonic his life. Oh. if, If Sonic were ever to ask, he owes him his life, he owes him his career, he owes him percentages on every dollar he makes over there, and wherever it is they are. Yeah, like he chaotics or
2: whatever, yeah.
0: Knuckles and the, and the Chaotix owe him their careers. So and if Sonic were ever to fall upon hard times, as he has every time he's ever appeared in a video game, <laughs> Knuckles should... Uh, like uh, Knuckles should pony up the cash and so funds Knuckles the adventure. So Knuckles has that soul
3: debt. Knuckles, Knuckles is going to owe him forever. Does Sonic have a soul debt? I feel like Sonic might have a soul debt to uh Tails in some way. Yeah, that's what Tails, I was thinking. Tails is always selflessly helping Sonic out, and you know, flying flying the plane, looking for stuff, dropping bombs on things, in a Game Gear version all by himself. I I remember
1: getting a copy of Sonic Advance for the Game Boy Advance and there was a little instruction booklet that came with it and in the instruction booklet itself it says Sonic is the third best character in the game and wow. there are four characters you can play as in the game and Shoot. it just wow. it, it really upset me like what, why what? why would you name this game after the character who's not even in the top
0: I remember I remember the playable I remember,
1: characters. I
0: remember the instruction manual for Super Mario Brothers 2 Mario Madness that showed the <laughs> stats for all the characters uh, right. in terms of 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 what what numerical score they had in each category and Mario was was like middle of the road number 2 in all of them and and everybody else was number 1 at something The genius of Shigeru Miyamoto to balance four characters according to four stats, each one of them being champion of, or three stats, each one of them being champion of one of them, except Mario, who's champion of none. Quite a genius move. Though you look at it in Mario, Mario's not the best at anything. First of all, as an adult, I can accept that that's why we love him. Uh, That's all I've got to say about that. (laughs) That's the straight dope. But as a child, I felt betrayed. Why can't Mario be the best?
1: Right, but <laughs> right? in Sonic games, every one of Sonic's friend is is as fast as Sonic, but they can mm-hmm. do other stuff on top of that.
0: So True. Sonic
1: is kind of by default the worst Sonic character. He's, He's so- also the
0: correct way to play the game, and any attempt to add to Sonic's mechanics is a—it's uh, it's it's just—it's—it's—it it's, it just makes it worse. So, in summary. The, the friend of Sonic who owes Sonic the most money is Yuji Naka, because Yuji Naka sold him out when, yeah. he, when he went upriver and let Sonic become a 3D game character.
2: Consensus. Fair enough. That's yeah.
0: the straight dope. Consensus.
1: Uh, let's go on to question number five. What are the best first impressions made by a non-player video game character?
3: Oh, yes. An NPC as they're called. Um, so I have something to say about this one because there was this, there's this game called Bravo man for the turbo graphics. I played this game and I didn't understand what it was because I was, I don't know, 11, 12 years old. I had just purchased a turbo graphics and Bravo man was like $5 loose because nobody wanted it. So I picked it up and I put this into the, into the system. And, uh, and, you know, you boot this thing up and you have no idea what it is. It looks like it's supposed to be some popular superhero from somewhere, but it turns out later he, he wasn't, but he looks like he's supposed to be. It starts the level with him saying, una gostano, uh, or something. I mean, later I found out what it actually was and then I forgot, but it doesn't sound like real words. Um, And then as you're going along, you're beating up enemies and, and they're dropping these little these little weird glyphs that. You don't understand if you're 11 or 12 living in, in America. And then uh, suddenly you hit upon this thing. I, you, I, I punched this thing that looked like a phone booth and it said, hello, I am Japanese telephone box. And I loved, wow. it. I loved that NPC because that NPC brought it all together for me. I was like, oh, I guess this game, this video game is probably from Japan. Maybe they made this game in Japan, and that was my first thought about games, where were games made, and who made them. They were made by human beings, and they could be from places, for example, Japan. Uh, And so that NPC, just by saying, hello, I am Japanese telephone box, just uh, opened your eyes to the world. Yeah, basically. And so that's, that's my favorite first impression of an NPC.
2: I don't have one, so. (laughs) 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 Oh, come on. That's that's a pretty good one, though. Uh, And uh, you should should have been reading the magazines, because they were all about uh, covering Japanese stuff at that time. Yeah,
3: I I didn't have any exposure to the outside world. I just thought (laughs) that video games were something that only I engaged with. Like, that's pretty much what I thought about it.
1: I I'm, I'm surprised to hear that uh Frank got that impression from reading video game magazines. I didn't know he had uh any experience with that particular uh <laughs> division of
0: video game culture.
3: Yeah, he's uh he's he's looked at a magazine before. Tim, you got any any NPC?
0: Well, technically uh remembers? most of the most of the characters in video games are NPCs. Of course. People use the word NPC to to just kind of mean uh uh you know the the people you walk by on the street though enemies are npcs bosses right. are npcs so the best impression an npc can make in a video game to me is to just shoot me right away <laughs> just pull a, just pull the trigger fire a gun at me um in terms of uh of of of, of actual npc traditional npc interactions i enjoy the one-line quips heard as you walk by NPCs in Grand Theft Auto games, where they'll just say some nonsense. And, oh yeah, uh, I love those. I think those are really good because that gives me an impression of the world as having people in it, not NPCs. If you have never lived, if you're listening to this podcast and you've never lived in a large city, which I assume there there might be a couple people out there, shout us out if you uh, if you have never lived in a large city. If you've never lived in a large city, you might be really surprised by how correct the Grand Theft Auto NPCs saying things really is. In New York City, when it was still legal to walk around outside, I was, uh, I was privy to many tiny conversation snippets perfectly reminiscent of a Grand Theft Auto game as I walked the streets of Manhattan. So I love those.
3: I, I recall, I mean, it reminded me of one such uh, NPC real life conversation snippet that I heard while I was just walking around my neighborhood. There was somebody on the phone talking to who knows who. And the only part that I heard was, and it was your daughter, but booty ass <laughs> naked. And I, and I, that was all I heard of that conversation. And it's like, well, yeah. That is definitely something that sparks the imagination somewhat. You want to know what that conversation was about, uh, even if you don't really want to know. You kind of want to know.
2: And you get some of that in Grand Theft Auto, if I'm, if I'm remembering right. You 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 occasionally hear some lines that you're like, I have no idea what I could be referring to, but I'm interested. Yeah, uh, I do wish they were. Well, this wouldn't work in Grand Theft Auto, but I, I like I like I'd like the idea of applying the Grand Theft Auto ambient speaking. Um, into something like a JRPG where instead of like walking up to people and going like, gee, the weather's been weird lately. Like, I'd, I'd rather just kind of hear that in the background as color as opposed to opting into it. Final like, Fantasy yeah. VII
3: Remake does that. All right. So it sure I, does. Uh, yeah. it sure so does. I heard the Ice Wand
1: is to the north in the Caves of
3: Madness.
2: Yeah, but what if I just kind of overheard that instead of right. like walking right, and- up to someone and going, hey, what's up? And then they respond with that. Yep, has has anyone here
0: it. played Red Dead Redemption 2 or am I yes. the only one? Yeah. You've played it, Frank? Yeah. Yeah, Red Dead Redemption 2 has really, really good NPC banter. Like, uh, especially when you act when you make a mistake. Um uh like I accidentally stepped on a guy with my horse while hitching my horse. It's in one of my videos. Uh-
3: <laughs> Dang it. It's so good. No, no plugging I-, I was ready for, for that anecdote. <laughs>
1: Uh, but instead, we're going to take a break. We'll be right back after a short recess.
0: Uh, to let you guys know, editor-producer Blaine Brown used every word of what you guys said during the toilet break in our first episode back.
1: Really? <laughs> Snake, are you okay? Snake? Snake! Hickfire!
0: Heck Welcome fine.
1: back to Insert Credit. <laughs> now uh, I've done seeing her thing. <laughs> Question number six. If you were forced to shout the name of a video game every time you got hurt, which Ooh. one would it be?
0: Ooh. Pain. pain. <laughs> well, I, w- I would shout, Truck Hack. Because that's what it's designed for. It's designed to be yelled in public places. That's there's where something that name came pain, from.
2: right? Like, there's a game called Pain. There's got to be a game called Pain. Yeah, but who shouts pain? Me max when I'm hurt. <laughs> oh yeah, it could be Max Payne. Yeah, <laughs> max, Payne! <laughs> max Payne. People oh my will be God, like, like, wow, played Max really I hurt. Played,
0: I played Max Payne one and 240 fps the other day, dude. <laughs> it's, <Wow>. real <laughs> it's real good.
3: It's real
0: good. I'm I trying to
2: think n- of never sorry, been so ahead.
0: nauseous in my life.
2: Um, I'm gonna scream every time I get hurt. Um, as loud and fast as I can. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna scream. Uh, Peter Jackson's King Kong, the official game, <laughs> the of, the official game of the movie. <laughs> yeah, that's Peter crazy.
0: Jackson's King Kong, the official game of the, fighter, the movie. The game. No, you know what would actually sound good to yell when you got hurt? Just to, get ready for this. To just yell, Alan, oh. wake!
1: <laughs> that's pretty doesn't, good. Doesn't
0: that actually sound like an old timey momish curse word? Yeah, it yes. sounds like like a
3: midwestern anti swear. Yeah, that sounds like a substitute for, um, like, a Jeebus Alan Crow. Wake.
0: Yeah. I guess I'm just thinking of a, of, a, of, a, of an evil person contemptibly speaking someone's three-syllable name with right. a K in it, which is, you gotta, if you get a K and a long vowel sound in a single-syllable name, solid goddarn gold, man.
2: Uh,
3: I mean, it's, it's Max not bad,
2: Payne. But, yeah, Max Payne's a good one, yeah. Max Payne? What about-
3: Wake. What about Knack? I thought about Knack. I also thought about Mist. Um, mist, kind of, uh, but I guess Mist is a little softer. But I, I, don't exclaim that loud, so it feels like it might be a. Perm- if you want to
0: sub- subvert the question a little bit here, what would be your favorite game name to yell while hurting someone? <laughs> <laughs> I, I think, I think Doom would be good Man,
3: right? i was just looking at dune for the sega So i guess we're on the same page there well i, 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 I prefer
2: dune to the battle for arrakis nice. i have another getting hurt one that sounds like a curse which is cooking mama oh that's <laughs> good <laughs> oh that's good <laughs> cooking mama that's good yeah I did I you like my histrionic
0: good? fake <laughs> laughter did that sound convincing i liked it, it, it I did good
2: i was convinced
0: I, I was sure to lean my head really far back from the microphone when i did it thank Don't you worry thank you otherwise it would have killed everyone
1: how many degrees did you lean your head back exactly what's the was, ideal head back it was, lean back, it was back about
0: 50, fake 55 laugh. degrees 55 okay 55. Yeah.
1: that's a good note for fake head throwing back <laughs> laughter for those of you who want to play along alone at home
3: age of mythology I think in another, uh, it's in a similar vein, but Bust a Move is pretty good. Bust a Move. uh, Bust. Or maybe Space Bust a Move, I don't know. (laughs) Bust a Groove
0: as well.
2: Yeah. I like that one better for hurting someone, I think.
0: I really think, you know, say what you will about the dialogue in the Max Payne games. Uh, First of all, it's solid gold is what I will say. Uh, Though, as I mean, the names of the games, pretty good. Max Payne, Alan Wake. Guy knows his writing. Uh, you know, I, do an an, I, those... I got
2: a quick anecdote about the, 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 the pain dialogue. them <laughs> let, hear it. Which is that uh, uh, one of the, my first game reviews was Max Payne for the Game Boy Advance. Um, and I delivered Ooh. a review in his voice. Uh, which, oh, that's good. Which they did not understand. His master's voice. Oh, that's so excellent. some copy editor... Basically rewrote my review in Alan Wake's voice as if I was being sincere, and that's just oh, how no. I write.
0: So, oh yeah, that's good. Yeah. Wait, you mean Max Payne's voice? Max Payne. Not, what did I
2: say? Max Payne. Said Alan Alan Wake. Wake, same, thing. Ah, same guy. I don't know.
0: You know, Kane I am, and Lynch. Cain <laughs> and Lynch. Cain and Lynch is another one. Yeah, Uh that that's kind of a real. I wish there was just a game called Heckfire. Heckfire. <laughs> yeah. we I would accidentally- yell we accidentally right?
1: said on the best one, yeah. yeah well, that
0: would be. We need to I'm going to make a game called Heckfire. Shout me out uh, in the chat. We're not on the stream right now. Um, shout, <laughs> shout me out in the chat. I'm going to say that anyway. If Tim, you, you got want that to, gamer
3: uh, juice in your blood, if now. if you
0: want to, uh, I'm drinking Coca-Cola Zero over here, so it's got me hyped. It actually does not really have that much. Uh,
3: right, write your uh, shout
1: me out, the out in the video. chat.
0: If you would right. like to help me make a game called Heckfire right now. Right. So that... Write
1: your Heckfire pitches into showitinsertcredit.com.
0: Oh, I don't need a pitch. I have, a, I, I have an idea off the top of my head that would work. It's just a dumb game. Let me know if you want to make it.
1: Yes, but we're also going to incorporate every single idea that gets sent into our uh, email
3: invoice,
0: I- inbox. <laughs> Nobody's idea is as good as mine when it comes to Heckfire. Okay, I'll take <laughs> your word of for it. it.
3: <laughs> no, I mean everything. <laughs> Now I've done seen everything. That's All how right.
1: he
0: says it. In the, in...
3: Question
1: number seven. Oh, let's hear it. What is gaming's most iconic romance?
2: Oh! Uh, Sonic and that human lady. Yeah. Of course. Sonic that's and an Amy one.
0: Rose. Mm.
3: No, no, that human true. lady,
2: that's the one. Yeah, they kiss. The I, the I, don't, I don't think Sonic and Amy have ever the, kissed.
0: The weird human lady who yeah. Princess Who's, or whatever, I don't who know. he's the
2: same size as somehow
0: almost. <laughs> uh, she looks like a Dreamcast character, but she's on Xbox 360. Yeah, and she.
1: Can, I was like... thinking like, I was thinking like Nintendo and making you pay for the same
3: game eight times. Oh,
0: yeah, I mean they Nintendo and that. humans uh, and Nintendo fans.
3: Am I right? Is how that's you would a love hate relationship. What they got there?
2: Uh, you know, Slippy Toad and his wife seem to really be. You know, they they got something good going. Slippy yeah. Toad. Yeah, they seem like a really happy married couple. Like when you see, like, an older married couple who are like kind of ugly, but they're really happy. That's I,
1: don't I, know. I didn't ask nice. who the happiest couple was, the most well, iconic. iconic
2: one. Uh, ah, yeah, oh, yeah, 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 the ones. iconic to know. me. I mean, I remembered it. I thought about it. So obviously, it's iconic <laughs> for me. The ones who make yeah. the
0: most memes together is what you're saying.
2: That's probably sure. uh,
3: Princess Peach and anybody else. Clearly,
0: this is in reference to my semi-viral tweet, uh, w- w- which consists of the words "gaming's most iconic romance," uh, and uh, it shows Aerith being being chewed on by a massive, like toddler-sized mealworm, and Cloud <laughs> slowly approaching her with a nail bat, poised like like a like a god darn kung fu staff, which he then. She slowly walks toward her and then Home Run blasts it off of her face. Uh, clearly it's in reference to that. Uh, yeah,
3: did you know that you cannot <laughs> crush Aerith with um with any of the cargo containers in that game? You also cannot crush her with the giant arm that is there. And you cannot abandon her to die when she's hanging on the edge of that uh, rooftop thing. Oh, that's just
0: sick that you would recognize that.
3: It's just, it's, uh, I, I'm real tired, real tired of interacting with her.
0: (laughs) I mean, I don't know, man. That's, uh, that sounds like something you might want to
3: talk to somebody about. I've never wanted to, uh, because she's the best. I'm never in the maverick style of, of gameplay, but I'm, I'm real tired of that character. I, I don't want to, I don't want her to get murdered, but once I accidentally, uh, thonked a, uh, one of those cargo containers onto her head and she was like cloud then I was like well what else can I try to do and that's it kind of evolved from there
0: yeah I think they just kind of won't let you do that stuff for a couple of pretty decent reasons I think
3: yeah it turns out they want her to be around for the plot um such as it is owned yeah
1: if you don't <laughs> want Aerith to get murdered I have some uncomfortable news for you
3: yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> I, I, well,
0: clearly, none of you have played Final Fantasy VII Remake <laughs> all the way through, so you clearly don't know what you're talking about. Oh, you Fair can enough. bring her back in
2: this one. You got to,
0: you got to, you got to play the whole thing. You got to, you got to play the whole
3: thing. We'll see.
2: Frank, I, I'm do you sure know this... the
0: spoiler of, of Final Fantasy VII Remake? I do not know the spoiler. I don't, oh, nobody I don't... knows. Nobody knows the big spoiler. Yeah. Well, everybody, stay tuned to uh, my my upcoming brand new YouTube channel, which will launch with a ninety-seven minute feature-length review of Final Fantasy VII Remake, in which I will discuss the. Ending for about right. ten minutes.
3: I'm pretty sure I do know the spoiler because of fan art, but uh, I'm not hundred percent on that one.
0: I don't. I don't. I don't know about no fan art. Link me to the fan art, and I can then give you a thumbs up or thumbs down on whether you know the spoiler. Or is okay. there a
3: platinum chocobo if, in this one?
0: If you really <laughs> want to know if you know the spoiler okay. or not, I
3: can tell you if it's not the spoiler, I'll find out. Um, but are there more iconic romances than? Uh, I think, then, no, I, that I think there's no I think not that's not really the
0: one. too many romances I'm just in the games i gonna say that, I, that are I mean interesting may, at all.
2: Maybe I'm not I, playing the right kinds of games, but I've i n- I've never felt romantic in a game. Have you
0: ever had uh had a, manipulated your character into having interfor intercourse, interforce intercourse, intercourse with a uh, one of the many surreally insipidly uninteresting fictional individuals in like a bioware game?
3: Oh, I have. I, I, I did that in, um, in what's, what's that one? Dragon Age. I played it, Dragon Age, and I, I, I think I relationshiped three different people, including the, the bisexual elf, or whoever he was. I, think bro, that, I killed that elf
1: right away. I didn't trust him.
0: Just <laughs> surreally uninteresting fictional individuals in all of those Bioware games. The closest yeah, no, I've come no to, to that, offense to them.
2: the closest I've come is that in Chuck Rock, there's a move where he kind of does an air hump, and uh, I humped a tree for a second.
1: <laughs> that's gaming's most iconic there's,
2: romance. there's a part in final fantasy 7 remake where you get
0: a hand massage from a lady and it's supposed to be funny but it's really hot it's like way hotter than any bioware sex scene and that's gaming's most iconic romance as far as i'm concerned does it still have the
2: joke where it's like oh you're getting massaged by men now you're gay well, if you watch my,
0: my video series about the original Japanese script of Final Fantasy VII, you'll see that that, that scene was actually just kind of about dudes longing for their youth. Not, it actually was not very gay at all. Got it. Uh, all right,
1: let's move on, shall we? <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah, why not?
0: <laughs> okay. Why I got bad no. news. Uh,
1: my bad news is you got to go outside for some reason. Oh. The good news uh, is you can wear a face mask designed by any video game artist of your choice. Oh, Who do you oh pick?
0: baby! Oh, baby! I'm Ooh. going Tetsuya Nomura.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's the obvious choice. Yeah. He loves it. First Tetsia one I of. Pretty
0: good
2: at designing streetwear. I, I wouldn't disagree. want those
1: zippers near my lips. I would be afraid of getting them caught. No, they'd be on the outside. Zippers.
2: They'd be on the outside to slip in the reusable filter that goes yeah. inside of ah, There might function. be some on the inside. There'd
0: be, there'd be goddarn function on the goddarn thing. Yeah. Oh,
1: what if you accidentally put it on inside out?
0: That's on you. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, I usually tend to look at a thing before I mess with it.
2: Yeah, we... What? That's um, just me, though. I don't know. This feels I, like
3: consensus to me. No, I mean, I, I wouldn't <laughs> actually wear Nomura's. Uh I think I would like for it to be, I don't know, maybe that Kaneko person who does all those personas i feel like he would make some kind of a subdued one that just has like a nice it'd be it'd be black but it would have like a nice little stitching around it or something um i think that would be i don't know it would know be them. it would be tasteful nice i would like a stitching. tasteful one i feel i don't know
0: about tasteful and persona persona's a. did you 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 played persona 5 that's the one you say you don't like right yeah okay yeah uh, that's right did you, did you notice the thing when Persona 5 came out, uh, hijacking the question here, did you notice, uh, the, the loud, voluminous outspokenness of individuals on social media platforms such as Twitter about how gorgeous the UI was? Oh, yeah. and, uh, and the UI looks like a God darn ransom note written by someone who got fired, like, eight times from Hot Topic.
3: But you know, I think that that was actually a really important <laughs> moment for me because it showed me the degree to which, if you just make stuff move around on the screen, if yeah. you make it look like literally anything other than just a list, you just tilt it a little bit, it'll blow people's yeah. minds. It'll yeah. blow their minds, even if it's functionally just a list. If it if it like has some tweens and yeah. some animations to mm-hmm. it, people will be like. Holy jeez, that so, is the most amazing.
0: They say the secret of success, 99% of success is showing up, right? Yeah. 99% of impressing people with graphic design is doing it loud. Yep. This is, well, is a, no offense to any loud graphic designers in the audience. I'm just saying, man. It works, it functions, and it supports an elegant battle system that people might not have ever experienced anything quite that elegant and meticulous. So, so
1: a Persona Five mask would be like a regular mask, but in italics.
3: Yeah, something like that. That's right. I mean, I think Kaneko di- his his designs have gotten more uh, kind of floppy in in the last years. But in oh, the, I don't in want past, a floppy mask. That doesn't sound safe. I'm I'm I think he could revert to his I don't know Persona Three or Persona Two times. Well, I, Persona Two is a different artist. Um. um what is that? I'm well, thinking
0: I'm thinking uh I, I would I would wear a mask that looks like uh, uh, Mega Man X has a... I'm just thinking characters who have face masks. Yeah. Mega Man X gets the uh or X in Rockman X has that little ninja faceplate. Um, oh, yeah. Strider Hiryu has the red scarf which I, like that I think scarf is one. probably the best. I wonder what it's probably made of some sort of tactical silk. So it's probably yeah. good for it's probably got high breathability but also filters out the microbes of the of the, of the polluted future Hexcape. And then there's also Aiden Pierce from the game Watch Dogs pulls up a little bandana with a dumb uh, Watch Dogs like, hacker logo on it in front of his face right before he enters a hacking zone uh, where he's going to hack I could, people.
3: I wonder if I could get Cormano's pink kerchief from Sunset Riders. I'd probably like that one. Well, that's a
0: good one. Yeah. You know, because, uh, I mean... I got this virus right so uh still? Yeah, um well we can go into that in more detail later but uh, I do uh, my my lungs still hurt. I'm pretty sure the virus is gone but I've got a I've got lung damage. It takes about 6 months to recover from pneumonia. Uh and I didn't I don't know if I had pneumonia but uh, I had, I had some respiratory problems. I got a lingering uh post viral inflammation is what the doctor on the phone told me. Uh it sucks, man. The darn virus sucks. I don't want to joke about the virus, though. Apparently, uh, it's impossible in New York to get any medical supplies whatsoever. So I've Googled enough to know that yes, putting like a scarf around your face—you know, scarves are generally breathable. That's uh, one of the one of the qualities that skyrocketed the Burberry company to uh, to international acclaim way back when was the breathability of their the the cashmere that they processed. So I've Googled enough to know that scarves are almost as good as the approved masks to within a margin of error that uh, if you're desperate and it's in and it's, that's all you have you're okay so i like strider here to use a scarf and i like the the pink bandana from sunset riders as well those are good those are all good right they're yeah, all they're all approved if if it's an emergency which it sounds yeah. like according Better to this nothing. question it is right mhm yeah you got to go outside yeah i think it's probably uh Oh, but then again, Ryu from Ninja Guidance got that really iron, like, the Ninja Gaiden black, that really, like, ironclad face cover. Basically, yeah. ninjas are just uh, the norm now, if you go outside. That's
3: right. Wild ninjas and World? cyber goths. Yeah.
0: yeah didn't Wild
2: didn't Raiden have a mask at some point? Or was that just cybernetic stuff? Raiden? Metal Gear Solid Raiden. <laughs> yeah, I know. Oh, no, Raiden <laughs> just had one of those
1: hats. Oh.
3: Sub-Zero, <laughs> Scorpion's yeah. got that oh, bone mask. Oh, yeah. yeah. My hat it's, is like a mask for the top of your head.
0: It's a ninja ninja world out there now. Ninja eat ninja world. So get out there with your Scorpion bone face plate. Bro. Scream
3: sound
1: effect. Scream sound effect. It's not working for me.
0: So oh, that's oh, good. Yeah, good.
1: There we go. Here's our next question. Kill me, bro. I won't do that, but I will ask you a question. Oh. My favorite complaint I've heard about The Witcher series on Netflix oh, is excellent. that Henry Cavill is too handsome to play Geralt.
0: Oh, excellent. I know much about that. Who should have played this. him instead? No, Steve Buscemi. <laughs> 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 oh. Steve Buscemi's not ugly. He's a good-looking guy. In Did his y'all own, see that, in his own that way.
3: viral tweet about uh, how uh, someone was saying, like, it's great how Hollywood had to come up with the word character actor to uh, distinguish between hot people and people that could act.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
3: okay, a character actor is
0: a thing, okay? No, uh, it is. You know, of co- course, you know, that's a good the, joke. That's what I want to say to that viral tweet
3: is it's, yeah. it's a, it is an actual thing. There can be hot character actors. Oh, well, we can pause the show if you want to go reply. So, Jaffe, does this person have to be alive right now, or can it be like Harry Dean Stanton? HDS. I mean, it shouldn't be Harry Dean Stanton, but I'm just saying, do they have um, to be alive?
1: I mean, we're all in hypothetical land right now. Henry Cavill is already The Witcher, so go well, nuts, bro.
0: Mission Impossible: okay. Fallout was one of the best films of all time, in which uh, then it starred Henry Cavill with the mustache. That of all those memes about Superman, um, uh, so I think Tom Cruise should have. Tom, Tom, <laughs> Tom Cruise could have been The Witcher. He, he's a smaller guy, but with the camera, you can make him look the same size as Henry Cavill. And uh, that's all I got.
3: So my answer to pretty much every question of who should play anything is Christopher Lambert, but especially for this. Yeah, I think he's already done the white hair thing. He's already done yeah. the white hair, swinging a thing around, be, talking in a funny accent, being a weird man.
2: I think Geralt was modeled after him. Must have been. So. Dude, that's Christopher possibly, Lambert yeah. I'm looking is, at a uh,
1: picture of Christopher Lambert right now, and it's close.
2: Yeah. Yeah, he's
3: he's a... He's a real good candidate, and he's he's also, like, you know, he's not he's not conventionally handsome. He's, like, if you look at him too close or not close enough, you'll go one way or the other with his handsomeness, and so, I feel like that's the right spot.
0: So I just want to say that I got in, uh, I got in some Twitter hot water with, uh, uh some a Henry Twitter Cavill water. fan community because I said something about him, uh, I I, I responded to a tweet where someone said he was too hot to be uh, Geralt. And uh, I was like, well, yeah, I mean, sort of. But I think it works because the series takes place in the early stages of the books before he has accumulated all of his scars and become a grosser looking guy. And then people are like, no, he's always hot. I got like a million replies from these people (laughs) who were like, like basically their Twitter bio was like, love the Witcher, love Henry Cavill. And their entire Twitter feed was was animated gifs of of Henry Cavill reloading his arms in Mission Impossible Six or stuff from Jennifer and and Geralt from The Witcher Three or whatever. It's very strange, uh, uh intersection of fandoms. Which apparently Henry Cavill is a huge Witcher game and book fan, which is why he ended up playing the role, which is totally bonkers to think about. Um, not really, because he's a human. Humans play video games, whatever. Uh, they do all it, kinds of stuff. It just it, like people who were Witcher fans were like yeah. mind blowing three
1: humans who
2: play video games.
0: Oh, there's, there's plenty four of them.
2: right here. Heck. I mean I, I guess.
0: I don't know if I'm a human. Anyway, so people were like, oh, he's not really supposed to be that hot, and or he's he's not or he is hot. Why do all these sorceresses like him? And I'm like and I I replied to one of them as like, a, I don't know, I'm a I am I feel like I have a little tiny bit of understanding for people with weird tastes. Uh like uh there's there's plenty of sorceresses who like Geralt in the Witcher books, but it's only sorceresses. It's not normal women. Only sorceresses who are thousands of years old have the correct sensibilities to appreciate the way he looks. And I think in that aspect, somebody like Christopher Lambert does fit. Yeah. Maybe oh,
1: it's that they're attracted to men their age, but there are no men their age, so well, they just well, have to Gerald is, is not really their it? age.
0: He's a, he's a weird guy who uh, has lived a weird life and done a lot of weird stuff. And he looks sort of weird, right? But he's also like, big and strong. So he's a big and strong guy who's just sort of weird looking. And he's described dozens of times in the books as uh, having like, a hideous smile. But he's somewhat handsome if he's not smiling but when he smiles he looks uh, he looks evil and scary that's the uh that's so i think christopher lambert pretty close uh
3: yeah i think yeah, he's gonna got slide evil in a couple. smile
1: in his wikipedia photo i so,
3: love
2: yeah, it yeah yeah it's
3: great i'm i'm going to slide in a couple christopher lambert film recommendations for for you uh listeners out there number one recommendation is the movie nirvana from 1997 i believe maybe 96 that is a super good, ultra bizarre movie which he elevates into art with his bizarre way of acting and talking. Um it's it everybody in that movie is speaking a different language and you'll enjoy it. Also, his rendition of Beowulf is, is very stupid and oh, good. Yeah, I know. And that I one. recommend it. That's a pretty good one. Um I guess those are those are my top two, like not not what you would expect. Christopher Lambert. I think Highlander Two
0: Era. I love that one. Christopher yeah, Lambert uh, would be, as he appears in Highlander Two, with a few yeah. costume tweaks. That would be uh, your your the ideal. Yeah, Yeah, that would be yep. the ideal because he, he is he's got the right level of weird. But having watched that Witcher show, I think Henry Cavill owns it pretty good, and okay. he does he does a good weird accent in the show too. So, and Geralt Geralt is supposed to have a weird accent. So okay. Last
1: question. Question number 10 before we get into the lightning round. Number 10. What's the longest period you've spent exclusively playing one video game? Not like a session where you just sit and play that game in a row, but like a period in your life where you were playing one video game and no other games.
0: This is a question that I am uh, perhaps I should recuse myself from given the line of work I have taken upon myself where I just spent like uh like 3 weeks playing the Final Fantasy VII remake all the way through 4.8 times and maybe uh, do
3: a caveat caveat and uh, uh and have it be prior uh, to optional, that experience Yeah, work related
0: well um i did play about 300 hours of Dragon Quest 11 um back when i had just started at com back in 2017 summer of 2017 and i told them i wanted to do a video review of it and they said no because the game wasn't available in English and they didn't want to do a review of a game that wasn't available in English. And then I ended up playing it for 300 hours anyway.
3: That counts. I'm having, I'm having a hard time thinking of which game it is, because there, there's a lot that I've been doing that with recently. Like, I, I started playing through Grandia again, and it was taking me an extra long time because I was, uh, you know, my my reading japanese is is nowhere near my spoken japanese which is nowhere near a level of fluency if if you uh if you get the progression there and so i was you know i would make a lot less progress when i needed to read what people were saying because i was you know writing kanji down in my in my little phone to try to figure out what these people were talking about so it might have been, been Grandia a couple of years, or maybe one year ago, when I was just playing that for about two months and, and taking it real slow. You played two months is probably in between
2: sessions, though? What did you say? You played absolutely nothing else in between, in between sessions of playing that game, though? Because that was a question. Right. I mean,
3: I wouldn't, I wouldn't take... It depends on if we're counting, like, a phone game that I mess around with. If we count nah. that, then, then,
2: then that's... That's New York Times crosswords. It's different. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah, so I think maybe it was only a month of straight doing that, but yeah, I was really trying to only play Grandia for quite a while because I was actually getting back into it. So yeah, it might be Grandia for a
2: month, uh, something like that. I think I know mine, so for most of my life, my game-playing habit uh, had been, and I'm, I'm, I'm a little better at this now, is, is, has, has been just like playing about three games a year. Uh, just a single-player game, and I play it until I'm done, and then I just kind of didn't play games for a while. Um, that's not as true anymore, but um, during that time, I did pick up um, the original Oendan on on the DS. Oh, yeah, you played that a bunch. I did play that a lot, and it's not because it was like I just kind of sat down and played it. It, w- it just became... Uh, and this is kind of before smartphones, you know what I mean? Like, that that game became the thing I just picked up and fiddled with sometimes, and yeah. I'm pretty sure there was a span of about three or four months where technically that was the only game I played. Um, Interesting. So that that has to be my answer. I, you know, I never played an MMO or anything like that. You know, I never played anything that actually demanded all of my time. I never got into multiplayer games that, you know... I I, I never got into like kind of like coming home and and, and playing a map or whatever. So I, I think that's got to be mine.
3: Frank, I remember that you were, there were people like you, you were sort of casually mentioning that you had gotten, well, it wasn't that casual, but you had gotten really good at O and on. Yeah. And, uh, could probably beat anybody at it. And and a bunch of people were coming around GDC time or something being like, there's no way you're better than me at this. Um, but, uh, I do, I do remember Viewing some of those sessions, I I, crushed Lee Alexander. Is all I remember. You definitely crushed Lee. (laughs) Uh, You crushed a couple other people as well. I think, um, I think Persona might have been pretty good at it. Um, Jonathan Kim, but I think you won against everybody. I broke the score. Oh right,
2: that's right. (laughs) You can do that anyway. That's my answer.
1: Yeah, for me it was Mountain Blade Warband. I played that for a long time and nothing else, and I never got good at it. But it
3: was fun. I still don't really know what that game is. I've never bothered to f- fully <laughs> look it up. I don't I really I know what that of game play is.
0: Play it and don't really know what it.
3: Is. Yeah, there uh, ain't
1: no point to the game.
0: Yeah, there's a uh, just like Braid. There's a uh, exactly. <laughs> there's a uh, there's a lot of people who. Well, I mean, there's there's an interesting phenomenon that I have I have uh, I have noted where there's a lot of people who have a favorite game that they never get good at and they almost never win at and they still love it. Games like... Uh, this defines a lot of these uh, popular online games. There's people who just lose most of the time. There's a lot of people who... Most people lose most of the time at Fortnite. That's why there are so many streamers that are very good at the game. It's because this the, the simple truth is most people lose most of the time. And those people might play only Fortnite. That... Fortnite might be video games for them. I think the actual, like the the actual no caveats answer for me might be Final Fantasy three for the Super Nintendo before we knew it was called Final Fantasy six. Well, I mean, I knew because uh, I <laughs> you was read there,
2: EGM, you read the magazines. Yeah, I was reading them magazines. Did I have I this? have them magazines that you read because I bought oh, them from you. The exact <laughs> you? ones, yeah. yeah.
1: Did you play it from start to end each time, or did you keep restarting after you hit, like, the 25% mark, like I did?
0: Um, I, I kept, uh, I beat it a bunch of times, and then I, I 100%ed it. I 99-hour, minute it. I, I... Oh, and yeah. that's
1: all ten of our questions, which means it's time for our lightning round. Oh, uh, yeah. Whoever wins this lightning round, by my extremely arbitrary metrics, will get to choose... The first question of our next episode. This game is called Boss Rush to Hell. You are a demon in hell, Uh tasked with coming up with ironic punishments for the damned. Uh I'm going to name a video game villain, and you tell me what ironic punishment you have in store for them.
0: Oh, all right.
1: Your first villain is Captain LeChuck from the Monkey Island
0: Games. Oh, that goddamn guy.
2: Okay, let's see. Uh, so he, his main motivation in the original game is his love for the governor. Uh, so what's an... I- and th- and that's what that's kind of what makes him an en- the enemy of the people, right? So what isn't the ironic? I don't know. He has to be married to a demon. <laughs> <laughs> I
0: think you should make him read a bunch of like, nineteen uh, twenties joke booklets. Uh, he's just stuck in a library with the insatiable urge to read and instead he has to read a bunch of
3: really bad like dad joke books for thousands of years how is that ironic? if he loves the governor shouldn't it be like a court filibuster thing where he
2: he, he can't see the governor because of a filibuster where he can't see the governor. Oh, oh my God! That's actually why filibusters were invented. The, uh, the, the... <laughs>
0: to stay away from your wives. Yeah. The, go- the governor blocking filibuster.
2: <laughs> All right, he's yeah. he's in an eternal filibuster. Okay. Uh. uh your next villain is
1: Revolver Ocelot. Oh. Uh, he
3: he can't turn. Ar- he he can't um he can't move anymore. He can no longer revolve. Okay, he's, he, he no, has, has to become he, a static ocelot.
0: He has he, no. Well, he loves revolving so much that now he has he has horse blinders on, so he uh, has yeah, to revolve go. in order to see in everything. And he now realizes how much of a pain it is.
2: To, I think I to think to he's in a shooting is. contest, but the, the the aiming is just slightly off.
0: Yeah, he has oh. an actual Wild West gun instead of a, yeah. a one that was made for him, probably by some artisanal. Gun because he's all and about I- the
2: control, right? And so the, the 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 punishment for him would be a lack of control, especially with the gun. So Frank,
3: you're saying his revolver is off a lot? Yeah.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> his, his Brandon
3: <laughs> is in the lead right
0: now. <laughs> his his revolver no. is uh, it's off by about like a degree, a half a degree, and that just causes his aim to miss. Yeah.
1: Our next villain is Andross from Star Fox.
0: Oh my God, he's got a, He's buried in a big old bathtub full of Doritos. <laughs>
2: I was gonna say he's trapped in a bubble. He's grounded yeah. now.
0: Oh my cool. god. Doritos, because he's got all, got all the triangles.
1: Oh yeah. Uh M
3: Bison. Uh He, he has to change his name to Balrog. Yeah. <laughs> it's not that's that big of a one. punishment.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I don't well, Basically
0: his his punishment, my my joke was gonna be, his punishment is Gandalf uh uh tells him he can't pass and shatters a bridge. And then he has to fall for thousands of years.
1: Into <laughs> oh, I get that.
3: Nice. Yeah, that—that's a joke. All right. Yeah, I got—I got, I got another one here, which is that one. it's for him. It's always Tuesday. That's—that's that's a movie reference. Yeah, I got that. But one it's a too. particularly bad uh, Dr. Tuesday. Doctor
0: Wiley. Doctor Wowie, you mean? <laughs> Doctor Wowie.
2: Oh, Doctor Wowie. Oh, okay. <laughs> um.
3: Uh, he can no longer order items from the uh, Acme Supply Co. And then he can't harass Mega Man anymore.
0: Well, here's what I got. He uh, he makes robots, uh, but they're all uh, they're all women. Ooh, because oh, he loves oh. Mega Man.
2: I was going to say Every that he... everything's fine except he, like his the screws strip all the time when he's trying to assemble <laughs> his robots.
1: Oh, that would be maddening.
3: Yeah, You're yeah, talking that... about sexy screws. Yeah, yeah,
2: that, that's a point for Frank. Or Carmen how about-
3: San Diego.
0: Okay. Carmen San Diego. Well, first of all, she loves knowing where she is. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and she loves when nobody it would just be like <laughs> she's just sitting in a chair. Well, she gets uh, dementia. She's yeah. she's no, she's sitting in a folding chair. She's handcuffed. And she's in the middle of whatever the biggest soccer stadium in the world is and there's just hundreds of thousands of people just staring at oh, her. Everybody's and, looking at her, yeah. And they know exactly where she is. Well, see,
2: I was thinking like, I, I'm wondering if that's more ironic than what I had in mind, which is that she's free to go, but there's just drones looking at her all the time, no matter where oh, she yeah.
1: does. A uh, real surveillance state situation. Yeah, but only. next yeah. villain
2: is Mother Brain.
3: Oh, no. Oh no. All mother Brain's children grew up to be jocks and she just does, <laughs> she just can't relate to them anymore. Well, I think I think for
0: her her existence is uh already kind of yeah, ironic. Yeah, it's already hell. So so like uh because she ha- like she would basically in heck she would just have to hang out with the with King Hippo all day. Right. <laughs> and uh I was because- waiting
1: for that in, uh, that uh Captain King, N reference.
0: King Hippo is just such an exhausting person for her to be around because he never does the job he the makes way the she wants him to. He makes the eggplant
2: wizard look okay.
0: Yeah, and an eggplant wizard would be there too, and they would just be letting her down constantly <laughs> in, in daily tasks. <laughs> then it would be just uh, like she'd never left Wesker real existence. of
1: Resident Evil.
2: Ooh, Wesker.
0: Hmm.
2: It's just raining all the time.
3: Yeah.
0: Wesker rules. <laughs>
3: Wesker. Let's see. It, it would probably be like it's really dark, so he can't see with his sunglasses, and he has to take his sunglasses on uh, off rather, and uh, and he can't get hold of any um, any any T virus, so he can't get all swollen. Uh, I, I don't know. I think it would just be a series of minor inconveniences that would build up and infuriate him over time. But that's it's not that's not very striking now that I say no, it out loud. It,
1: it, I, I'm I'm striking that one. From the record, you want to have Give, a better
0: one for Wesker. Given his ability to wear sunglasses, which is a sign that a person is chill, uh, he's wearing the sunglasses amidst horrible surroundings and terrible occurrences. I think he must be most comfortable in a in in a chaotic environment. <laughs> so it would just be he would be somewhere real, just boring, forever.
3: I he, guess him for him not having an antagonist. Is a, yeah. is a but it's not exactly ironic. He's this is a tough one. Yeah,
1: Lesker. let's move on. We're defaulting okay. Dracula.
0: Okay.
3: Oh, dr- oh, D Rack
0: Dracula. Hmm, that
3: goddamn guy. Yeah, uh, which one ironic for him? He, he's got so many distinctive traits that uh, I'm almost
2: I'm flooded. Well, I mean, um, you're spoiled
1: for choice here.
2: Yeah. I mean, he's got I mean, three transformations. He, he throws wine. Right. Yes. What
0: a miserable he, he, pile of secrets and such. He hates
2: lies. Yeah.
0: Yeah. You were I was summoned here by to pay you tribute, etc.
2: Yeah. Right. We know the quote. There's a
3: game yeah. where what if, what he wears if, What if he has to uh what if he has to work for Alucard doing <laughs> menial tasks? Like Alucard basically the roles get reversed and uh and you know, in order in order to maintain his existence, Dracula has to to work for Alucard, like like stocking the skeletons with bones and uh, making sure that the the skeleton bartenders have enough you know liquors to to throw down the end of the bar. Just yeah, doing cooking really all the chicken, to put in the walls, cooking the wall chicken. Love cooking uh, pl- a chicken. Carefully, lovingly placing all of the the crosses and holy waters, even though it burns him to do
2: so. Yeah, that's a little nuts. I mean, and a-
1: our last villain is Sephiroth of Final Fantasy VII.
2: Oh, that god darn guy! Well, you'd have to get a haircut. <laughs> yeah. That's it. That's it. He would know. Uh, <laughs> Frank is our winner. Congratulations, <laughs>
1: Frank! This has been episode one hundred and thirty-one of Insert Credit, a thing we used to do, and I kind of want to bring back because you just reminded me of it a few questions ago, Brandon. Is at the end of the show, we'd recommend some stuff for people to do that weren't necessarily about video games. We got some uh, movies from you uh, about Christopher, Lam- uh, sorry, Christopher Lambert, uh, Frank, and Tim. Do you have anything that our listeners should try to check out this week?
2: Hmm.
3: <laughs> that sounds like a no. No, I think you okay. should. Uh, I think you should
2: try uh. to live your life as if uh, as if there's no tomorrow. That's what I'm gonna go with. There isn't. I have I have a, an album recommendation, which
3: is uh, Ryukyu Rare Groove Shima Uta Pops in 60s to 70s. It is a bunch of Japanese pop rock music from uh-huh. the Ryukyu Islands, so it's got a real island swing to it while also having rock music guitars from the 60s and 70s. It's pretty fun that if sounds you can skilled. get hold of it. Send that I mean,
1: to me after the show. Anything uh, that feels like I've got like
2: a recommendation. Island.
1: My recommendation is that if you like the show, you should support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash insert credit. You'll get episodes a day early and you'll uh, be able to finance an actual microphone for me so I don't sound terrible. Uh, You give us a rating on whatever platform you use to get podcasts. That helps a lot. You could follow Insert Credit on Twitter for account updates or uh, you could join the Insert Credit forums at forum.insertcredit.com because Brandon is lonely. I'm
3: lonely. Uh, also, it's forums plural. Just to forums with an
1: s, not a z. Yeah.
0: That's not even the. That's not even a real word, which makes it more fun. Yeah, it yes. should be
1: fora, shouldn't it?
0: Yeah, it should be fora. Though that's that would be considered pretentious by that's people right. who hate. I'm of the common
1: people. Yeah. Right. Fora will take you to. Uh, where will that take you to? Well, we're gonna know.
3: have to figure that out after this episode. Someday. I
1: suppose so. Uh, we'll get to that conversation right away. Until then, I'm Alex Jaffe.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm Tim I'm Rogers. <laughs> I win. Oops, I'm first I started. win. <laughs>
1: Okay, the way this works, guys, uh-huh. is I say I'm Alex Jaffe, right. Frank says I'm Frank well, I'm First. Tim says I'm Tim Rogers, Brandon says I'm Brandon Sheffield, because I go first because I'm the host, and the three of you go alphabetically right, alphabetical. by last right. names. Got right. it? Right. Okay. I'm going to yeah. say- Blaine, yeah, well, keep we... all this in, because people need to know if you screw up so they can <laughs> okay. call us out.
0: Okay. I'm Alex Jaffe. Right. Um, oh, I'm Frank Cifaldi. I'm Tim Rogers.
3: And I'm Brandon Sheffield.
1: And your game has now been saved. Da Bra
3: Da You got a future in voice work there.